This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Audible. Audible has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audiblepodcast.com slash bcpod. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, dimwits? Welcome to the show. I got to start out by saying I am the dimwit myself. I announced our dates for the California Emory Acoustic Shows last episode, and I did it a little bit wrong. So I'm here to correct that tonight. But also, the good news is they are, in fact, on sale now. So I said the names of the days wrong. Anyway, we're going to be in Sacramento on March 2nd, Wednesday, March 2nd. We're going to be in San Francisco Bay Area on Thursday, March 3rd. We're going to be in Los Angeles, California on March the 4th. That's Friday. And then on Saturday, we're going to be in Orange County, Saturday, March the 6th. Those tickets are on sale right now at emeryacoustic.com. We'd love to see everybody there. We had a great time in Texas. This is the California round. Devin will be there, and we'll be playing a ton of really awesome Emory songs and some new stuff that you maybe haven't heard and we're going to be hanging out with everybody, meeting everybody. It's very limited tickets. It's very awesome. There's a new video we put of us playing there. It's on that website. And uh, it's going to be a great thing. So please get those tickets. Please uh, do it Do it now. The last one's sold out. So these probably will too, or at least I hope they do. And I'm not going to bore you with too much else other than say, you know, go support Devin's crowdfunding campaign for his new record. And he's got some cover videos that he just made. Damn, those things are good. I cannot wait for you to hear them. I've seen three of them so far, and they're blowing my mind. You're going to love Devin's new stuff. It's very, very incredible. So I know it's like when it's a new band or a new project or something you haven't heard before, crowdfunding's a little bit weird, but trust me, take my word for it. Wait till you see these cover videos and hear this new song, stuff like that. It's, it's, uh, it's, worth, it's worth funding. So that's DevonSheltonMusic.com. All right, let's go. It's the bad. It's the three, two, one. It's the bad. Three, two, one. Bad Christian. It's the. It's the. It's the bad Christian. Woke up in the morning with a different voice. When you wake up in the morning and your voice is real low and you so you can't talk. Yeah. But what does Joey's wake up in the morning? what's wrong with your voice i just woke up welcome to the show everybody shut up man you piece of shit i hate you man i want you to burn in hell forever all right if but there's no chance of that because you'll be annihilated safe insult from you feel good you feel so good about that now you can tell somebody to burn in hell like that is check it off the list. They're not actually going to, so I can say it as much as I want. <laughs> Literally, I would say two years ago that you saying that made you would have made you feel really bad. Now, I would have said that to you as a yeah, joke. as a joke. But I'm saying like, I don't know. I don't know. If somebody took that the wrong way, you would have felt bad. Because what if they are going to hell? But now you're like, oh, this be annihilated. <laughs> this be obliterated <laughs> by our by our God and Savior. <laughs> hey, what you did on Earth was really bad. <sighs> Boom. 
<laughs> and that makes Joey go, whoo. Not Thank so bad. You. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Well, welcome to the show. We're going to do a little, something a little bit different. We got what's kind of like a, isn't it really a bonus episode where we're going to give you some bonus content here. We're going to mm. hang out a little bit and talk about stuff here going on with us. And then Shoot we're going to take shit. a break. And then we're going to air for you. Uh, the new podcast from Matt McDonald and Nate Henry. They're from Classic Crime and Sherwood, and it's called Don't Feed the Trolls. It's part of our podcast, you know, network, part of our group, part of our gang, and we're glad to be doing more stuff with more and it's creative people. So we're going to get back to that uh, in just a little bit. But you guys doing good personally, humanly? Well, thanks for asking, Matt. I I am not. No, but I don't want to bore you. Wait, you're not doing good, huh? You're not doing good, but. What's going on? Well, say it really quickly. Well, okay. The, uh, to make a long story short, I'm having doubts about my penis size again. Oh, boy. So I'm just trying to work God. up the courage to show my dad. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you got to re-show your dad. Dad, <laughs> dad part two. <laughs> dad that would be awesome. Two. You should literally go up to your dad and be like, hey, dad, I know, I think you said this a few <laughs> years ago, but I just. I think he'd explode and say, holy shit, son. I got to look at this again. No, he wouldn't. He'd, he'd seriously take it. He would. Here's what my dad would think. He would think Joey's struggling with depression and OCD thoughts, and I need oh to just gosh. look at it and put his mind to look at us. it. Yep. I need to look at that little thing. Wow. I need to look at that. I need sucker. to look at that giant monster again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to show him all your son's wieners? Like, is it like a generational sin? <laughs> this is how stuff becomes part of like a religious ritual. It's like you take your son to the dad on the 19th day and say, dad, is this good enough? And he bows and then it becomes part And they of have it. to be a certain age. Like, dad, like, dad, I don't want to show papa my, my wee wee. Son, are you a Svensson? You pulled on your damn pants. It is a blessing in this family. It's good part, yeah, Lord. It's part of, part of the tradition. Your father showed his wiener. Your father. Father's father showed his wiener. You're gonna show your damn when wiener. When your great grandfather showed his wiener to your great great grandfather, he died laughing. We've come right, a so, long way hey, since that, son. And you yeah, are so part of my family. He was in the middle of the war. His father's <laughs> fighting beside him. He pulled down his damn pants. You pull it on your damn pants. <laughs> he came back so from my, the war. Just so when to my see dad dies, your great I'm the wiener checker. Wiener, yeah. And you will see show it too. <laughs> you think there's a chance that your kids are gonna show you their wiener? I mean, if they struggle with the same sort of bullshit thoughts that I had, then maybe so. Well. <laughs> I am gonna. Uh, I am gonna write about. I told Matt I'm gonna have a yes. whole chapter on penis because. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, let's talk about Joey's book. What's I'll, a whole I'll, chapter on penis? Right, nobody you, you, knows. Nobody what knows you're talking, what you're well, talking I figured about. Figured that we would jump into it after me saying that <laughs> dumbass. Context. The context is I'm writing a book basically on how my childhood, adolescence, involved penis. teenage <laughs> and college years were affected by depression, legalism. OCD thoughts and everything. So the stuff that I shared on this podcast, yes. as far as my penis struggles, mm -hmm. I haven't even told, but probably 30% of that. There's some other really bizarre things that I did. I sent stuff to my parents in the mail, <laughs> snail mail. I mean, it's just, Let's well, just hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I can't uh, get into uh, it now because no, then no, people no, won't no, want to buy the book. No, I know. I just want you, you sent stuff, snail mail about your penis to it your was, parents. Well, I can't. T I can't oh reveal that. Well, just I wait and read the chapter. So, Toby, Joey's Woo! been Joey's been working this. on a manuscript. So, you know, like a rough draft of a book, and yeah. and he sent to me. And so, we're working on it. I'm actually really excited about it. But, Joey, I, I told you what hey, I thought about it. And I'm going to have to be Joey. quite honest when um when I say <laughs> I mean, this. Joey could have easily had my. I'm certain you might have my email. <laughs> like, hey, this is really interesting. It's really deep stuff that happened to me. 
you know, a long time ago, and I'm going to be really open and honest about this for Matt. <laughs> <laughs> for Matt to get ready to publish I mean, how long we to everybody friends? else. In how the world? often have you said only a year longer than me and Matt? We've been closer than you and Matt for longer. Closer, but you guys without for, me, you wouldn't even know Matt. You wouldn't <laughs> care. You would hate it. You, you told we me, both met Matt together. I, re- I remember sitting down and say, "Hey, maybe we should bring Matt Carter into this bad Christian thing." And Joey's like, "Hell no, not that." <laughs> That's any, not true. Uh, give me Driscoll. I don't care. <laughs> give me Driscoll. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm gonna have to tell you what uh, what I think about it and what I told Toby about the book, Joey, and that's that. You know, I think it, my first impulse is it needs a ton of work and some reorganization and structuring, which is the kind of, you know, role that I do in a lot of st- producing a lot of content and stuff like that. So I was thinking of all mm-hmm. the things that had wrong with it. But really, it's amazing because it's a book about you and mental illness and stuff like that and, and what you've gone through, which, man, I actually think it's a lot worse than I thought before I read the book, honestly. And I think it's extremely compelling. I can't wait for people to read it. But I told Toby. Uh, my impulse really almost is that some of the the narrative parts and the grammar and the language and the phrasing and the sentence structure that you use is so crazy and bad that I, I almost feel like it should be published with not allowed to be edited. So the book would literally just be this is what a, this is the manuscript of a crazy person. <laughs> like that almost would be more effective to let. And one day I promise you, I'm gonna just put out exactly what you've sent me so far because it is crazy. I mean, I don't mean that too, too pejoratively, but it really reads like a crazy person wrote a book. But it's really interesting in that same. Regard. That's actually kind of cool. Uh, just the idea of an unedited. Seriously, this yeah. is the real thoughts. You don't. You, you, you know, how people. It, you, Be a lot you, hell of a lot easier of a process. Well, you couldn't. There is no like. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, being careful with. Well, I should say it this way, right. or this will make me look better. That would actually be kind of neat. So, yeah, yeah. So that's well, something. That, that, I mean, just you just, got a lot of it written, right? About just the inside words. scoop of how my mind works. For for me to even be able to do something, it's gotta at least initially be fun because I've got so much stuff I'm doing. If I'm gonna do something extra, it's got to be kind of fun. So I just decided I'm going to just get thoughts and stories out. So I haven't thought any sort of structure, grammar, or anything like that. So that's part of the reason why I'm yeah. kind of covering my base. I'm not that bad at grammar, good Lord. No, well, no, it's just um, a rough trap. I'm just saying the thing reads, I mean, it really is a good window into what I really believe is legitimate mental illness, and it's very yeah. interesting. So, Well, here's the, here's the craziest uh, revelation that I had, and that was in Psych 101 class, and I did put this in the book, then we can move on. But in Psych 101, I read about someone with OCD, and they lost a sticky note that was really important. So from that point on, every time they went into a room, they were looking for sticky notes. Before they went to bed, they looked under the mattress. It, in in uh, extreme cases, somebody, before they smoked a cigarette, they would like peel it back a little bit just to make sure there wasn't a sticky note in there because their mind is so wow. sick. And I used to think to myself, my gosh, that is just so messed up. And then writing this stuff out, I was like, I think I was just as bad. It's, it was yeah, just it's crazy. It, I mean, and 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 you guys. I mean, that this is. I'm not in any way. Key word there is was. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I was just as bad, dude. I'm a lot better. Yeah. He's so anyway, <laughs> looking back on that though, and uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I actually kind of had some compassion and sadness for that guy i wasn't sad for me not 38 year old joey but oh the younger about joey all oh you feeling bad that, for that dude yeah well, this, guy that this book my heart almost really goes good. out to me yeah i can see that <laughs> yeah this book it's gonna be really good and i just i want to it's kind of what i want to do for the next few minutes is talk about some of the different projects like this that we're doing 
And as much as I don't yeah. love talking about ourselves, I think this is a kind of appropriate because I wanted to highlight that book. It. And we're going to play this episode of the, the new podcast that we put some time and effort into. Um, I've been yeah. helping McDonald them with it. And there's a ton of stuff like that. And I don't know that people uh, see it and all the people that we have and what bad Christians really become. So I really am proud of it as, as least emotional as I am. I do want to let people understand what the BC Club is and what it's funded and stuff like this. So we're going to hire somebody to work on Joey's book and do some editing and then publishing. And we actually have money sitting in the bank right now, and then we're doing a bunch of projects. Praise the Lord. So I want to tell you some of the other things that 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 we're working on um, that I spend you know my whole day to day on uh, that is you know funded at least in part by the BC Club, and hopefully each of these make their own money, but. the BC Club and money that we earn from this podcast actually does part part of it is developed, helped to launch and develop Jabberjaw, which in turn hopefully will pay us back some money as well. And that, I really appreciate that. That's going really well. Uh, I'm working on a podcast with Seth and Melanie. Seth, our uh, old drummer that has been on the podcast, uh, and he talked about his domestic abuse story and stuff like that. He's working on a podcast with his wife, Melanie that we're developing uh, with Craig Gross, and that's going to be really, really, really interesting. It's going to be a real developed kind of produced podcast, and so uh, that's that's something that us and some of our team are all involved in in doing. Um, we're doing some other books. books hey, real to- quick, uh, Toby's kids are knocking up against the garage, so I didn't hear what you said. You said a well-produced podcast? I didn't yeah, hear like it'll be more like a documentary. <laughs> feel, yeah, well-produced compared to this one for sure, but maybe a little bit more of a you know documentary style with field recordings and narration and scripts gotcha. and stuff like that. So that's going to take a long time to develop, but we're, that's part of something that you guys and us and me and our team uh, is, is kind of working on. Uh, I'm real excited about that one. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah, I saw a picture of Melanie's desk. Yeah, she's already up. getting going. And so, <laughs> nice. and, and so, you know, we're also doing more book stuff. So Lunsford, Aaron Lunsford's working on his next book. We've advanced him some money. So again, something we've been to put our money to, to use toward right. to start on a new book. It's going to be about Emory, and it's going to be like an origin story book about Emory from like his style and writing point of view. So that one's going to be really great. We're going to. Get it edited, release, and we kind of want to develop. I'm scared about that one, Matt. I know I'm really, really scared about that. I am really scared because the questions that Aaron it was really cool. Aaron flew to everybody and interviewed everybody, and so I, I sat down with him and answered questions. Tried honestly, and some of the questions he had were tough to answer. And I'm wondering it's how it's going to make of you us, look bad for sure. I think it's going to make us all look bad. <sighs> Shit, which is going to be really cool. Because I told him I want it to be kind of an unauthorized. Right. It really. I mean, of course, I authorized it, and actually, we spent money to pay for it. But right. we're not going to read it. I'm not going to have Maybe any editorial like a roast. control. <laughs> yeah, like a roast, <laughs> roasted. But but I wanted to read that way, and so it's like his other book, he would send me a chapter every night when he would when he'd finish it. And this one, I don't want to read it or see it till the end. I'm not going to make him right. change it. But I know it's like going to at least half focus on probably bad stuff about us. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be true. But I'm really all for that. So. Hopefully, we're kind of developing and rounding out what's almost like a publishing division, you know, like BC Words, how we tagged the last book and stuff. And, yep. of course, we're right, working on our own Bad Christian book as well. So we want to, like, maybe do publishing just like we do music and we do podcasts and share our stuff and work with other people. Uh, and, it, you know, it really is good. There's a... What if the economy tanks completely, though? This we'll still be here. It might, but it's okay. It's we, okay. I mean, we, we're not going anywhere. It doesn't matter. 
and then the, and then the next obvious thing beyond that would be actual video film and movies so that's the thing that i honestly yeah. is getting closer and closer to a reality i think the first thing we might get into is a documentary movie and toby you want to be making uh feature movies and stuff huh yes i uh do you really think that's possible i talked about this actually on um steven christian's podcast the other day it sounds so stupid to say and i said this and i was like then i immediately like damn it to say that <laughs> i'm writing a script it uh-huh. feels stupid because there's a 98 to 99 percent <laughs> chance that it is just for me and just for a learning thing or just to try yeah. something. Didn't Devin do yeah. this years ago? Yeah, right. Devin has a script. Devin has a 50-page script that he wrote two or three years ago. But uh, so I started writing. I've had this idea for a long time. So I started writing that out. And then I was like, wait a minute. I need to really think this through. If I want to be able to actually make a film, what can I do? How can I write this? So I'm actually looking at it right now and writing it. I had another idea that would be financially possibly doable mm-hmm. and so i'm thinking that through as i'm writing it like scene by scene going oh wait if we if we did it here this would be cheaper like if you did it in a, a field that's way cheaper than yeah. a ballroom or sure. you know that with a million people so just just kind of thinking all that stuff through and yeah i'm that's one of the things i'm most excited about i've always been drawn to film and movies and animation and uh so i've been doing a ton of stuff like that just Honestly, Your animation man. stuff was really good, man. Like you really buckled down and researched it and figured it out. And- yeah, I'm still doing that. I'm yep. still I'm taking some online classes right now to try. I have an uh, a, a cartoon animation idea that is might be the thing that people will hate the most about me. It could be very irreverent, but uh, that is something that we want to do too. There's a ton of stuff that we want to do, yep. and media is maybe is the right word for that. We want to do tons of stuff. In a real way, that's just really fun. Stuff that we like, and then just like Emory, we wrote songs that we like, and then we present them to you. We want to do stuff that we like and present it to you, and then you take it or leave it. Well, it's working really well. Some of that's far off stuff, but some of it we're really doing. Like the documentary we're rolling on and going to make maybe make a trailer for. And some of the stuff, you know, is we have some money laying around, and some of it we're going to invest personally, and some of it we may crowdfund, of course. I don't know how it all works out, but... Things are working, and we're developing quite a team of people that I'd say we're partners with. In the same way that you, you know, you guys and I are partners. Uh, there's a lot of other people that 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 work for us, not purely employees, but definitely partners and profit sharers and people like that. So I yeah. want to make sure I want to I want to say who some of those people are too. What'd you say, Joey? He was uh, just wondering what the documentary is about. Oh, the documentary yeah, m- might be about Christian music from the inside oh, point good. of view. I don't know exactly. We haven't. We're in the outlining phases of it right now, but it's going well got some good people to work on maybe a book as well but it's going to be you know trying to not an expose but like a light-hearted uh lighter lighter version of an expose where you get real stories from real people about what it's really like and i think the culture is kind of ready for it you see media loosen up about stuff so i think people can say well this is actually this this is actually money this is not my real name this is not my real age you know you know stuff like that we just kind of see see where it goes but uh, maybe follow some storylines and some people that maybe aren't yeah. Christian anymore. Or I don't know. We're working on it, but I think there's a ton of good ideas in there. So it'll be a matter of getting the story and then seeing where it goes kind of thing. Yeah, it starts with, like, uh, the the ongoing theme is how could Michael W. Smith write Friends are Friends Forever and now he's on death row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so being one of the worst serial killers in the history of, of our... But yeah, I, I know this is I know this is where we lose Matt too. But uh, and I want to I want to okay. I want to get lose him. I want to get to these names. I'll go but pee. There, 
there's there's no there's no way what we're doing right now doesn't evolve into some sort of community of people that can get away with calling themselves some sort of gathering of a church. I just don't see I don't see that. That's not what happening. you're really excited about, I think. I think that's what maybe, I don't see it not happening. There's just no way. So anyway, that's what you want to happen. What? That's what we're saying. Yeah. I think I think sometimes you get caught up in you need it to be a calling or you need to have a clear word from God. I think that's what you want to do. Like what you want to do is just the same of most time. I mean, most people go, I was called to be a pastor. No, you want to be. All right. You love it. You want to be. Or I was called to be uh, me See, saying I, I was I called would, to be a musician. No, I really like it and I'm good at it. So I would go so far do. as to say that and as a part of God's sovereignty, everything that everybody's doing is somewhat of a calling, but that's for well, pa- just, that's for pastor. It's with really no interesting. Answers. That it's really interesting. Oh God, I want to talk about that for a second. I was listening to Pastor No Answers this morning. <laughs> I was getting so <laughs> fucking mad. <laughs> it makes me so mad too. I love it. it. Just, it's it's so. I mean, you're right. I love it. It just like it's really funny because okay, the opening part. I, one thing, Dan said something kind of mean to Joey, and I was like, man, screw Dan. He's an asshole. But then he was just joking. I, it was it was a weird thing, like a brother thing. Like, I can mess with Joey, but Dan? No, you're right. not going to do that. Anyway, it was just a weird joke you made or something. You were just making a joke, and he made it not a good one. But, um, screw Dan. <laughs> I love Dan. But, uh, and then just Carrie talking. I mean, he just kept going, my Bible. Right. And I just, I literally wanted to say this. And, okay, you got to go listen to this, Pastor Noah. Carrie's awesome. I couldn't imagine. I mean, him and Dan together just uh, almost need to be guests all the time because they're just the way they butt heads and the way they say it so politely. Dude, but it's just, just the tension. So good. The man. tension there is just so real and and prevalent and li- lying there, just uncomfortable. But Carrie's super big on King James version, right? But right. let me ask you a question: Is there in the world right now any possible King James version with a mistake in it at all? Like, is there is there a chance that there's one, just one? had a weird thing where an and was left off or, you know, a letter left off or something like that. And if so, if you would say that that's true, that means God only cared about his message and his gospel to a certain extent, and then the rest don't matter. Because if one letter is messed at, left out of one King James Version, then the whole thing topples. According to Carrie's right, right. philosophy. And your brother. And, yeah. and Jared, too. And I'm yeah. just like, what in the world? I mean, like, they're elevating... Scripture above God, like I'm, I, I, and and they would say that God, the Word is God, and God was the Word. I know, I understand all that stuff, but I mean, the way they are saying it is no, it being infallible is the most important thing, regardless of the stories, yeah, regardless yeah. of anything. That, that it's like, an it, object of worship itself, right? Yeah, See, yeah. you're surprising me right now because I thought you were right there with them as no. far as inerrancy and infallibility. No, not at all. Okay, no, I, I believe that it is God breathed, and that all the stories are are uh, good for you and and. Uh, to, to help, what's the words I'm, I'm not thinking of, but you know, everything is good for you to read and you get tons out of it, but I am totally okay God with- God breathed and profitable. It, right, I'm, t- I'm 100% fine with Noah's world flooded. Right. The world, you know what I mean? Yeah, the whole world flooded for Noah. Right. But what does that mean to a guy that doesn't have GPS or a, mo- a boat motor? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? Like, here's, what, was it? I here, don't care. That didn't take away from the story at all. Yeah. At all. Here's the best part about this episode, and and uh, you guys need to listen to it because you'll you'll hear this coming out. Man, you're getting tons but, of publicity. A book talking book, about your podcast, your new church uh, you're starting. Can you, can you, <laughs> I know, good God, good there gosh. has to be. Did you hear how casually said that too. He's got big balls today. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys. I know I'm going to lose you, but uh, 
No, Matt. Still, no, it's gonna Matt be some type, about church. There's going to be some type of gathering where people call it a <laughs> gathering. We're just going to get together. And I just, I feel the Lord leading us. <laughs> I mean, you I mean, you are, you have big balls uh, yeah, today. Yeah, I'm glad I sounded Wrote like a book, that too. I'm glad. Talk, I, dude, got a podcast. All right, so listen to what uh, Dan does. Dan gets on the line and he hears it as Carrie. Now, here's what I forgot that I told Dan. I emailed Dan and I said, hey, here's what I want to do for Pastor With No Answers. I want to get a really smart guy that you've never talked before, defend biblical inerrancy, and then your goal is to try to pick it apart and show him where he's wrong. And he was just like, oh, man, that sounds like a great idea. Right. I forget to tell him that I went after two uh, different guys. And nothing against Carrie. I like Carrie a lot, but I just wanted to get a different guy since Dan had already talked to Carrie, but I couldn't. And so finally, I was like, hey, Carrie, you want to get back on and, and talk about inerrancy with Dan? And so Dan gets on the call, immediately <laughs> texts me, and he's just like, please tell me this is not the KJV guy. <laughs> and so I had to respond. I was like, oh, shoot, it is. And as as that episode progresses, you can tell Dan is legitimately losing his mind. Like he is legitimately oh, yeah, like, yeah. gosh, no, uh, yeah. how can you think that? I mean, I mean, Carrie said more often how important his Bible was than like Jesus. I mean, I mean, he would say it was crazy. Jesus contained in the word. And that's why, you know, but I mean, I just... Like that attitude is not going to win anybody over. You're not going to win carry over with what you believe by saying, yeah, I'm right. No, I'm right. right. I'm right. Yeah, I guess what? I'm right. No, I'm telling you, I'm right. That's all he said. It's just really, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I think Carrie's awesome guest. Yeah. I think he's like nice. one of the best. Oh yeah. Super nice. Super nice. And well, I don't, I don't know if he's super nice. <laughs> I don't want to say that. That makes, that seems too easy to say. He mightn't be a, a total jerk, but uh, he is a great guest. I mean, it just, it fires you up and you just want to, it feels like you're sitting there in the room and there's so many things that I want to say. Yeah. That is cool. Well, I think everybody, for, for example, one, one other quick thing, I'm looking at my notes. For example, why are you so, uh, set on inerrancy or whatever? And think about this, who literally heard and wrote down Jesus's prayer in Gethsemane when the disciples, he said, I'm going to go a little further by myself and they fell asleep. Yeah. The only, uh, it said they were all asleep. So who did that? Who documented that and said it? Because there's an actual prayer and what he said. And so what I'm thinking there would be, it's totally okay. that Somebody said, yeah, he prayed and this is a good thing and it's good for us. And God helped somebody to say, hey, this is probably the prayer they said. But that is not, I, I would be oh, totally 100% okay. And I think most people would be that you didn't hear it and didn't know for sure. And then you would have to say, God out of nowhere said, hey, no matter what, this is so important that you will dictate this prayer exactly, which seems besides the point. Yeah. The, the well, point Jesus, is that the prayer, Jesus did pray to God, needing God in that moment. Well, he was around for a while after his resurrection, so he could have told them. But I think what Jared and Carrie would say is, look, we totally get that, but that's the whole point. The Holy Spirit is in charge, and the Holy Spirit's powerful and perfect, and he can get down exactly what he wants to. Except so, for, um, but see, that just feels like a total uh, scapegoat. Like, yeah, well, Jesus, you know, he was around, so he probably told them exactly what it was. No, he, he didn't he ever talk about the Bible. He, never, he, wasn't, he wasn't thinking about the Bible. He wasn't. He never. He never talked about it. He wasn't. He was not saying, "Hey, this is going to go in Matthew 2. You know, or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like he that never would have said that. Didn't know it. Right. His human side did not know it would be like that. I believe he's fully God and fully man, and so God revealed to him what he needed to be revealed. But I mean, there's tons of stuff that God didn't because he was a man, just like you and me. Sometimes when he, when I bet when he was 12 years old and he was getting taller, he tripped. Sometimes as his feet and legs and arms got bigger and he was clumsy and he did weird things and all this stuff. It's just, I mean, all those things, that's just, we're going too long about your podcast, but everybody go listen to it. 
Pastor with no answers because it'll fire you up. Yeah, it makes you mad. I like listening to it. So, yeah, we got all the podcasts. I want to name, name the people that, that are, you know, do a lot of stuff that, that we're working on because we don't need to get all the credit, I don't think. But I'm really m- more proud than anything just to see that that what we do with the BC Club money actually is going out to a lot of people. There's people that are actually making money in part-time jobs and yeah. even full-time. So we take money from this every month. Thank you. We're by the way, we're not a nonprofit. We're a for-profit business, and we've proven that that model can work. Even if you're paying what you want for this podcast by joining the BC Club, supporting our advertisers, this actually works. We don't have to raise support and take donations and tithes. Um, although we encourage you to you know, pay what you want for these episodes, and we're going to do some business with it and create some more media. So Toby and Joey and I are all making money this yeah. year from this. This is great. It's only taken a couple of years to get off the ground. Thank and we just that. now, what made me think of this is we just now took uh, Reva, who who came on as an intern and then helped us get going and works in BC Music as the music manager. Uh, just made her, and she does bookkeeping now, and she's now also working as full-time support to me, like an assistant. She's actually full-time now. She has a full-time job, 100% of her pay, working 40-plus hours a week Wow, for us. So that's a huge milestone. I'm very, very proud of that. And she just came out as an intern working for free, and now she's our first absolutely 100% of her income paid person. So that's really good news, and I appreciate that. Matt McDonald obviously does a ton of work, and it's a big part of his life and work week and income is running BC Music as the, you know, music director or what I don't remember what everybody's titles are. So uh and then for the podcast here we got Nick Bunda who's figured out how to make this podcast work and make money. He's done a ton of work in and behind the scenes. Um yeah. And he makes a good portion of his living for his family and three kids working on our podcast, selling ads, arranging it, keeping yeah. us in line, keeping the schedule. And we've now hired for him some administrative support on a monthly basis. And so even he is is moving on to more and more stuff. Wow. So hey, Toby uh, and I want to thank you for including us in these decision makings. Toby doesn't even like Nick. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. I'm acting autonomously as CEO. I don't like him. Things. I love him. <laughs> Seth and Melanie are going to be part of the thing. Working a lot with them. There should be some money in that thing, which is really good. So then for the BC Club specifically, uh, Taylor Atkins runs the thing. So he's yeah. at, he, he and Ann is admin for the BC Club, and they're working every single week. For us, again, they get paid some money to, to do this. Um, Lunsford is really doing good with his books. He's doing this book and another book, and we have a third book on the horizon that we're using money for, advancing him. His last book was profitable, and so we're greenlighting more book endeavors yeah. because of and that. So, Matt, real real quick, just, just to give Taylor a little pat on the back, he is actually volunteering his expertise and, and giving that. Okay, well, I thought we were talking about point. paying Taylor, but we probably should. If we haven't paid you yet, Taylor, thank you. You deserve some money. We need to get start getting you on a percentage or a cut or a fee at some point. If you'll accept it. If you don't want to accept it, I understand. But Taylor yeah. is a big – Taylor does a ton of work every single week. So I, I didn't know if he was paid or not paid. I thought that he was. But he probably should be to tell you the truth yeah he wants to do that instead of join the bc Club. okay sounds well, good well, uh, on a pause right there that's a really good point most people started working with bad christian for no money right? yeah all these people. i mean that that that's like everybody all like of them. and and no and n- nobody's getting rich hopefully we will but that's what's really cool is people kind of uh like what we're doing and i think we're running a good business and like so reva emailed nice. us and said she just wants to be a part of what we're doing yeah you know yeah it's so cool, cool. And so, so we're, yeah. we're stoked that they're starting to get some money. Yeah, there's some mixed people that are paid and not paid too in here. 
But, um, you know, our, our podcasters and our musicians all get paid. They all get a statement every month, and they all get checks for the most part, unless there's some recoupable expense from the month four. But in general, that's our model. We pay everybody every month. We always make yeah. payroll, and they get statements and cash just for being part of our uh, stuff. Not all the podcasts make money all the time, but there's – yeah, actually, they do. All, all of them make at least something every month, I believe. That's is, cool. Is the way it goes. And then we have some other people that are, you know, half volunteer, like Daniel Dopp who uh, runs our vinyl and does all that stuff. And we give regular work to James Whiteman that does our video. He's going to be part of the documentary, and we're partnered together on stuff like that. And so, you know, that's that's. I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. I'm sure I am. But Real quick, Sean, oh, Sean Lieber Knight Lieber answers yeah. our emails yeah. and does a great job working with people. And he's helping me put together uh, a website. But, yeah. uh, I mean, when you email Bad Christian Great Savior, like you're, you're yeah, he hearing gets from it. Sean initially, and he does a really good job. So. Yeah, um, and we've had a ton of other people who, who I'm not listing previously just because I can't go through it all. But these, this is what our team looks like now, and it's really cool to be able to steward that. And this, this really does yeah. fund out of you guys supporting our sponsors, joining the Bad Christian Club, and paying what you want for these episodes. That's It's crazy to see to see where we're at. Matt, I bet you I could uh, cover your bases for you. You want me to give it a stab? That's what I was thinking. Like all the people that started with us, yeah, that I was think totally, I, there was there was no money for anybody. Feel I free, you'll, you'll probably leave some people out, but it's good. Better. That's to what try I didn't want to do. Not. Leave anybody out. If we leave you out, it's totally by. Yeah, accident. we're really sorry, but uh, in early on, it was Chad Figaro yep. and uh, Bradford, and I'm I'm forgetting what Bradford's last name was. Bradley. Uh, Bradley Bradford. Yep. He did, uh, yeah, I, I can't tell you what everybody did. An- Angel Hicks has helped us out. Yeah. Brett Stiles. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Burleson. Uh, Carl, Burley. but I don't I don't know his last name. Yeah, I think he's yeah. a friend of y'all's. Yeah. Chelsea Bowen. Daniel Dopp, obviously. Dan Buckley. Uh, Dave Powell has been kind of a good resource for us. Eric Garcia. Gino Papantano. Uh, I miss Gino. He was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jeannie Mitchum still helps us out a lot. Oh, She's yeah. actually going to yep. come and do a photo shoot with us uh, next week. Jenny McPherson killed it for a while yeah. with our shipping and all that. And then uh, Libby Joe, Peter Dimmick did a bunch of our editing and uh, helps us out uh, through the BC Club as well. And then oh, Preston Lee and Zach Hunter. Yep. So, That's awesome. It's been a whole bunch uh, of other people paid and not. And you may have noticed we we just updated, made a new website. And, we, you know, we have the, the little logo up there. It says BC Media because it just seems like we keep doing more stuff in media. It's not yeah. just blogs, not just podcasts. But we're going to do whatever we keep feeling like doing and, and partnering with talented other people that want to do awesome stuff. That's really the idea. And yeah. Build it like a business and do it good. Take care of people and move on. I want to say too, uh, Josh and Jeannie Mitchum are awesome hangs. Yeah. Uh, they got me through. We had a big women's festival. festival. Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> They're called conferences. Conferences. They had confetti eggs and yeah. Duncan booze. And, and, and so we were making all this stuff like uh, just, you know, just feminine stuff. And I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I just, it, what, I didn't like know that many people. Stuff? Yeah, what? That's oh, what man, I was thinking. Toby's on a roll. Y'all they are feminine sick. stuff. Y'all are sick. But uh, Josh and Jenny, they just literally allowed me to follow them everywhere. And we just cut up and had a really cool time. So um, I really enjoyed getting to hang out with them. They were the best part of that whole day. Because the whole day could have been like a living nightmare for me. Just doing setup for a women's festival. <laughs> what was it? Women's hygiene festival products.com. <laughs> oh, what is man? that? I, I don't know. I'm not, I've never heard of it. It was just, it was basically they get all these women together at a at a you know a, a mega church and just tell them how 
they God loves them and they're awesome and all the things they can do in the world, and then they just can't preach. <laughs> there's not a lot. There's no preaching allowed. It's called no preaching allowed. You guys are wonderful. Thank you for paying to be here. You guys rule. You're going to be able to do anything in the world. Not be a pastor. Just not preach. You're going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you're listening to this and you're part of Seacoast. I'm going to get in trouble. Well, that's also Seacoast. That's not their stance. So, anyway, that was hilarious, though. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you for, you know, again, BC Club kicks that was ass. A joke. Thank you, everybody, for making our, our business work. It's very, very yeah. cool. We'll keep on going. So I want we want to share. We're going to take a break here, and then I want to share with you something real excited about, and that's Matt McDonald and Nate's new podcast, "Don't Feed the Trolls." Yeah. They're well spoken, well thought out. They're a lot more highbrow than us, but they like to they good stuff. So I'm going to share with you episode one, and of course, uh, feel free to go yeah. immediately to our new our our pod, our web page or their web page is called trollspodcast.com. But you guys know, just go to your podcast player, search "Don't Feed the Trolls." Subscribe to it while you're listening to it, and then you'll be on to get their future episodes. And and they've already got several of them out there now. So listen to them. Become a fan. This stuff's free. And I guess if I had to say anything else is please tell people about the stuff that we're doing, making, and giving away. That's probably yeah. the most helpful possible thing. Word of mouth. That along with the money. But thank you guys very much. All right, we'll yeah. take a quick break, and we'll be back, and we will leave you with this uh, new podcast that we're real proud of. All right, guys, I'm going to tell you, and when I say guys, I mean Toby and Joey, because I yeah. think you guys need this. I'm not sure if you have yet, and everybody else should too. Uh, you got to keep updated. You got to keep informed. People are recommending you books all the time, I bet you, at your churches oh, yeah. and small group. They're saying, hey, have you read so-and-so by this guy? And you and you nod your head and go, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think I probably read some of it, or yeah, it might, you know, I'm, I've been meaning to, or it's on my list, whatever. I predict you're not keeping up with books the way you ought to, and part of it is because Man, it's kind of older technology in, in a sense, especially if you're like us and you are because you're listening to the podcast. Audio listening, audio experiences are something you can do while you're cutting the grass. You can't do that with a book. So enter Audible. Audible is a leading provider of premium digital spoken and audio information and entertainment on the internet. So they have more than 180,000 audiobooks and a bunch of other spoken word stuff. And so you can literally get almost any book that anybody ever recommends to you and listen to it while you're commuting or cutting the grass or doing your job or doing email. Even There's a tons of stuff, and you can do it. So if you, you get a free trial of Audible right now. Get a 30-day trial by signing up at www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod. Joey, did you say your wife did this? Uh, she actually took your recommendation. I think the the art of decluttering. What was it called? The life changing magic of tidying up. Yeah, she loved it. Even for me, it's really good as well because it was so good. Just like you said, Matt, you can get almost any book. So I have been really wanting to learn more about graphic design. I just type in graphic design, and then it comes up like graphic design business or graphic designer or graphic design in general. It, mm-hmm. it just and it takes you right to those books, and then you just simply get them. It's just so fast and easy, and you there's just a wealth of knowledge and information right there at your fingertips. Yeah, yep, so I know you already right do podcasting, but how about a real book? How about something that's not just dummies like us talking, but a classic, perhaps? Anyway, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod right now and uh, get a free audio book of your choice in a 30-day trial. Yeah, you can even go get Moby Dick. <laughs> Matt, something big is about to happen. Is it a terrorist attack? Nope. Uh, Why was I smiling when I asked that? (laughs) Did uh, refugees land on Staten Island? No. Is it a major earthquake in a poor country? Uh, A bigger debt crisis in Europe? Nope. 
Not even that. More marriage inequality. Close. Uh, ISIS doubles the size. No. Police shoot innocent grandmother. Not yet. Just tell me. Okay. So a Christian baker made a cake. For a gay wedding? Yes, serious. What is this world coming to? Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls. A podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture. Through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections. And into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we try to socialize instead of polarize. Because honestly, we really believe that maybe the truth is on the other side. And uh, that means we're probably wrong. Hey, I like that. Yeah, it feels good to say it out loud. Why don't you give it a shot? I'm probably wrong. Okay, now let me try it. I'm probably wrong. Why is that so hard to say, Nathan? I don't know, but uh, I bet you could do an entire podcast discovering why we humans think we're always right. That is a great start for episode one. Let's dive into the human brain and talk about why we fear the other side. I come from just the other side of nowhere to this big time long. Okay, so first, uh, we read this article um, by Sean Blanda, uh, who wrote it for Medium.com. It's called The Other Side is Not Dumb. And he says this. In psychology, the idea that everyone is like us is called the false consensus bias. This bias often manifests itself when we see TV ratings. Who the hell are all these people who watch NCIS or in politics? Everyone I know is for stricter gun control. Who are these backwards rubes who disagree or polls? Who are these people voting for Ben Carson? Who are these people? Who are these people? And what does it do when we transfer all this uh, false consensus bias? False consensus bias. So we sort of we transfer that online. Well, online it means we're totally blindsided by the opinions of our friends, or more broadly, America. Over time, this morphs into a subconscious belief that we and our friends are the sane ones, and there's a crazy other side. I'm not listening to you. You're crazy. Okay, so. For me to further understand what false consensus bias means, means when I'm going to bed at night and I'm having a thought, I'm thinking about something, I'm thinking everyone else is thinking exactly what I'm thinking right now. Sure, clearly. Everyone is just like me. Everyone's been presented with the same amount of facts. Everyone, Everyone should totally realize that this is the truth, that Trump is the, is the clear winner. Trump is the clear candidate that we should be, um, we should be voting for. Why don't people see this? And then, uh, and then online now we can uh, we can create a little echo chamber by blocking people on Facebook who disagree with us, and so that we have a sense of consensus among uh, the people we're reading or the people we're hearing from. And essentially, we can say Trump is the best, and everyone likes it and comments back, "Yes, Trump is the best," because you've blocked everyone who says that Trump is a xenophobic uh, maniac. Um, which I don't know if that's helpful dialogue anyways, but at least it's a differing opinion from your own. And I would say that, you know, this is why I wanted to do a podcast with you because we've been friends for a while, um, for about 10 years or so. And often you're engaging with people on Facebook and I chime in or (laughs) I go, I do this thing now where I go, I'm willing to hear the other side. Honestly, it's right. taking, I'm 35 years old. It's taking me a long time to get to the point where I, I don't argue back necessarily. And, and you, do, you do it a little bit more, and I like it. 
I like that you do that. I like a debate, and that's a thing. But I'm not going to shut down or block someone that has a different opinion than me. I love a different opinion. I want to know why you think that way. Okay. And as long as we can stay away from trolling where we're just attacking each other and trying to incite rage or trying to trying to make each, each other emotional where we both lose hours in our day uh, tit for tatting, as long as we can stay out of that, then I think that we have a productive debate going. But Facebook seems to favor trolling. It seems to favor controversy and not productive debate. Yeah. And so that's why we're here having a podcast. And the other side is not dumb. When I read the article, he's basically saying, look, this is becoming an epidemic. People are starting to believe like fake news. Sure. And uh, USA Today actually took down their fake news section of the website, I think it was. Yeah. Or was that the Washington Post? They had fake news like uh, The Onion or Clickhole. Yeah. But people were just like sharing this stuff. And, yeah. and, and once they got the confirmation bias, it didn't matter if it was true or false. It was sure. just more of what I believe. So yep. this brings us into the, the heart of the podcast today is why are we attracted to certainty? And why do we need people to believe exactly like we do? I think it's built into our DNA. And this is not just an issue for the Internet. This is an issue for human uh, beings. Um, You know, ancient humans, we banded together to form tribes. Uh, and, And these tribes defined... Uh, the in-group, which was us, from the out-group, us from them. Our tribe believes this about life. We believe we have this God. We create this identity, and that identity is helpful. We can now band together under this uh, common... So you uh, think it's like evolutionary? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because if you think you have individuals roaming around, and they have to form groups, and those groups have to work together, and they have to form ideologies, they have to um, have a, a sort of consensus about what life is like, what, what, the, what their values and morals are, how we all got here. And if they have that consensus, they have common ground so that they're able to protect their young, they're be able to pr- protect against predators, against other tribes that might attack them. All right. And so, so, so to me, it's built into our psychology. We need okay. identity. We need like-minded community. And now it's just like playing itself out on social media. All right, let's break it down a little bit. Let's let's try to get into the psychology. You log on to Facebook. You see someone says, and this is why those idiots are coming to take our guns. Yeah. And uh, what's the first like reaction? What happens in your brain and your do you tense up? Do you hit the keys a little bit harder? Do you like <laughs> idiot? I'm on a- My uh my favorite post is like Obama signs gu- gun legislation with children's behind him and then they like it's split screen to like Hitler did the same thing with kids behind him. <laughs> Can't you see? Open your eyes. You know, like, yeah. Um, which is really just fear. Um, not that we shouldn't be reticent and and try to hold our our elected officials accountable, but there is really no, uh, there's no basis to compare Obama to Hitler. But, but people do it, right? But I think it's funny because when I try to, I I personally own a gun, so I have a gun. You own a and, gun? I didn't know that about you. So don't break into my house. <laughs> Actually, my wife's a better... Uh, she's a crack shot. Really? Yeah. My wife is a nice um, blonde school teacher, and she will she will shoot you in the face if you break into her house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
But, but don't here's forget the thing. Your keys, I am open to the discussion on both sides. I'm right. just I'm just willing to throw that out there. But um I, I, I guess my thing is, is like what initially happens in the brain just like to make people angry instantly. I think that's right. what it is. It's just we we just react emotionally every time someone says something that we don't believe. And I, well, that's the psychology. That's when the belief is tied directly to our personal identity. So as, okay. soon, as soon as we identify as so this is um, this isn't just our parents. No, no. I think for me too. As soon as I identify with the tribe, and someone says, "Hey, that belief that you you identify with that your tribe, the foundation of of your social status is flawed," then you take it personally. It's like uh, okay, if you want to find out what somebody um, what somebody idolizes or worships, um, just just say it doesn't matter and then watch them get very angry uh and that's that's the same thing with money or or anything you know people get very very angry about things that they kind of put a lot of value into so yeah. if a lot of value is into the second amendment and you say you know i don't i don't see why we need guns i mean you know can't we just settle it with tasers then you'd see someone get very very angry and say you know and they would they would quote all the rhetoric from that yeah. that tribe and maybe some of that rhetoric is true though man Maybe some of it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not saying that any one side is right. that's the hard part, right? The hard part is not splitting. The psychological term splitting is also called like black and white thinking or all or nothing thinking. And it's a common defense mechanism um, where the individual tends to think in extremes, i.e. all of that, those people's actions and motivations are all good or they're all bad. There's no You know what this sounds like? What? This sounds like old dad at the Christmas dinner table. Sure. He's splitting. He's saying Obama's all bad, Trump's or most, all good. Or, or most dads at the dinner table. Sure, sure. But and they're why... on either side, right? Sure, yeah. Either dad for Bernie sits down or... Or dad for, yeah, Carson. Or dad for Trump sits down. And sure. what is... And, and does our generation listen to that? Is this a generational thing? I think partially, I would assume, and I, and I, I guess, you know, uh, sociologists and psychologists who, who understand philosophical uh, times are, are are saying that we are in a postmodern philosophical epoch, so to speak. So we are more okay with uncertainty now than, say, previous generations. So because, we're getting away from the lizard brain. Well, uh, well, no. The modern modern philosophical epoch is all about scientific fact you can prove it it's clear we know yeah. what truth is we can prove it right this is post enlightenment where science kind of took off and all of our sort of mysticism was proved wrong about how the world is and whatnot so so we've been in this 500 year or so uh philosophical modern times epoch which is about all about facts and and certainty and truth and provable you know causational rational stuff um empirical evidence and the like and and now we're moving into more of a postmodern which is a little we're a little bit more okay with the unknown we're a little bit more okay with things that we don't understand there's uncertainty and i think there is a bit of a clash between the generations a little bit um but there is still our natural desire is to i think it's built into our dna like i said to know where we stand to know right from wrong to know to be certain about certain things and that's a hard thing to overcome i think so everybody is a complex organism with oh, many different sure. thoughts 
and we treat them like they're either on this side or on that side. We split, and and I think this saddens. I think this saddens us because I think most of us want more options politically. Most of us understand life is more nuanced than just two sides or two choices, but we can't seem to get away from from splitting it. You know, we the, yeah. The, like think, right now, when I said I own a gun, there's probably a lot of people who listen to that and go, "Oh man." That guy. Well, yeah, I kind of played. I kind of played devil's advocate. That guy. He's totally Republican. He lives in. He shoots and everybody he can see. You know. I don't know. They just Are have you, these. Aren't you worried about the government coming and taking your gun, though? What's funny is if I say that to people, like, okay, let's follow that logic. You're a conspiracy theorist because you believe that the government's going to come take all your guns, so the government can take over the world. Right. Right. And as soon as you go there, they go, oh. No, I, you, you know, you're a 9-11 truther. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden we label, are like, right. people are like, no, I don't actually believe that. I'm like, well, that's that's kind of the road that you're on if you continue to go down that. Yeah. Other, or, hey, we just don't want the crazies to have guns. And I don't have the answers to any, any of these things. Sure. I'm just saying that I can tell that I was a little bit afraid to say that I owned a gun on this first episode of this podcast. <laughs> Because well, I, I know people are just weird about it. It's just I, a taboo word. I don't own a gun, but I am I am all for the Second Amendment. I think it's I think I love freedom. Um, so I think you that jerk. I love it. Um, but uh, I personally don't because I'm I'm not responsible enough to keep it locked up, and I fear that maybe my maybe I make a mistake one day and uh, someone shoots themselves with my gun. Yeah, and that's um, and that's totally fine. And and I think. Maybe all of this stems out of these words that we have, right? Right, yeah. That we hear left, right, sure, Republican, Democrat, atheist, religious. Like, yeah, can you be a gun owner and a pacifist? Oh, I think so. I mean, absolutely, there, there is that nuance, but it's just not re- represented in the media. I mean, we, it seems to propagate this, um, these, these boundaries. These... And can you be a pacifist and believe in self defense? I think so, yeah. You think so? I'm going to put it out there. I think oh, yeah. I think there is there is room in reality for that nuance. Absolutely. So you don't walk into Starbucks and sit down and say there's you have 10 of your friends across you at the table. You meet one of them's Republican, one of them's a Democrat, one of them's a hunter, one of them's an atheist, one of them's Christian, vegan. One, vegan. one of them's a vegan. One of them only eats bacon, too. Just Wendy's. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy herself, she just eats bacon, right? <laughs> uh I mean, obviously, we just surround ourselves with people just like us. I guess that's that's really the problem is when we go on Facebook, we bring this into it, and we just we turn into trolls. There's right. no logical discourse. Yeah, so my challenge would be to d- destroy the echo chamber. I, I know it feels good to have everybody what is have, an a, echo chamber? have a consensus around is this, you. Is this the, the younger son of Creed's band? No, the echo chamber... What is this? Is uh, the echo chamber is simply simply what you create when With you, arms wide open. When you yeah, that's what you should have arms wide <laughs> open to people of differing beliefs than you. Oh, look um, at that! So even that you, even Scott Stapp has something to to share with us. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, don't like the idea of an echo chamber uh, is simply you edit your community so that it reflects exactly your um, your belief system, your ideology, so that when okay. you say something, you project, hey, this is truth. It just simply gets echoed back to you. And that's not I don't think 
I think that's reinforcing and there are advantages to reinforcing. But at some point in your life, you want to challenge your belief system so that you can have a better belief system. So it can be stronger and more uh, better informed. And in order to do that, you cannot live within an echo chamber. You have to maintain relationships with people who you vehemently disagree with. Okay. And you have, and in order to maintain relationships with people you disagree with, you're going to have to behave a little bit differently. Okay, so I can hear this, this, this voice inside of me that says, well then, we don't know what truth is. Everything's relative. Okay, maybe there is an absolute truth in, in everything, you know, okay. in every moral belief. Maybe there is. I'm, I'm totally open to that. In fact, I think I've lived most of my life believing that, and I probably do still today. But what I'm saying is as humans, as humans, we need a sense yeah. of humility about knowing and obtaining the absolute. Like as Richard Rohr says, every viewpoint is a view from a point. So we don't have the full picture, and the, the picture is unfolding as you know, as as humanity progresses, we're learning more and more about who we are, about where we came from, about what what life is, and for us to say this is absolute um, in the moment is kind of arrogant. It lacks a sense of humility about reality, about the universe, about life. How can you develop some some tools in your mind to begin to listen to the other side? Really, that's. That's the bigger question here is that's how we become better people, I think. Sure. Sure. Well, I guess. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not great at this. So it's not like I have a, you know, I have a degree in um, in discussing. I cause a lot of fights on Facebook. Um, But I think uh, people will tend to troll when you introduce a topic that they are vehemently against. So it'll be something quick. It'll be. Um, they're not really interested in debating it. They simply disagree, and their only goal is to make you lose it. So anger gives birth to fear. Fear gives birth to rage. Sure. Rage gives birth to trolling. Right. And trolls feed off of your rage and anger. So how do you avoid getting into a debate with a troll? You don't well, feed he, them. Well, let's have more don't of a get angry. example. What's What's something that you've changed your mind on? That you were firmly, be- I, I believe this, I thought, man, these people are idiots, and then you did a little more investigation, you thought about it a little <coughs> bit more, and then you said, you know what, I've totally changed. I'm, I'm now on the other side. Most people don't have these major life uh, realizations on Facebook or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is, is, can Facebook be something good? Can we, you know, listen to a podcast and come out of it and change our mind. And that's kind of why we started this podcast to try to get better discussion going. But like something smaller that's changed your mind, something that where you saw the other side because you were open minded to see the other side is what I'm saying. Um, I'll throw one out there. Go ahead. Remember when that was a couple months ago when everyone was like spray painting that dentist's house and like giving him death threats because he shot that lion (laughs) because he shot the lion. Yeah. Okay. So podcast I really enjoy listening to. They did a whole story on this. And I was I was like, what? I mean, I had that same reaction. Dentist kills like beloved lion who was on the flag of the country, who was paraded around in a seat every Christmas. The lion was friends with everybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you were like Simba. You're like, Simba is dead. Thanks, dentist. Yeah. And people were literally pissed. They wanted to kill the guy. Yeah. Over this lion. 
Um, well, I read this one article about how a lion had killed someone in the village like a week before, and everyone who lives there doesn't like lions. They hate them, <laughs> yeah. right? So my mind started to open up like, oh, well, maybe maybe there's something else to this story. And then I you know, listened to this whole podcast about basically how the, the dudes who spend 50 to 60, 100 grand to go hunt an animal, yeah. they fund all the conservation that right. keeps them on – you know, on this earth that keeps the animal alive because continuing all of you and me who think it's an outrageous that someone would kill an animal or a lion aren't right. funding these conservation organizations. So you you went you started with a knee jerk reaction and, and we're just like, who the F is this guy based on limited uh, information that you got? And then yeah, you I thought he was a jerk. And then you maintained an open mind. You acquired some new information and that information you uh, with that information you saw the other side uh-huh. and understood and maybe even empathized with it more so. Yeah. So now now what's your opinion on uh, Cecil the lion? I don't know. I, I I really I left that thinking about it a lot more. That like all we do as society is read this man kills lion right, and then we are just pissed. Judge, right? jury, executioner. This exactly. guy's this guy needs to go down. But I didn't have. I guess. I didn't ha- I didn't let that emotion that that initial emotion take over. So I was like, "Well, let's hear the other side. Right. Let's listen to this. Let's listen to this Dennis story. What does right. he have to say to us?" Oh, there's these there's this whole group of people who spend who bid to go hunt these crazy animals. The whole world doesn't just get to go shoot these animals. Right. Only a small portion of the population. And is it is it weird that they have to hunt the white rhino or something? I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't get the high that they get when they do that, but they spend a anyway. We don't yeah. really want to talk about that. I'm just saying that's the other side and and my mind was changed. Sure. I really was. Great. I don't know. Now well, I don't really know what I think. <laughs> well, let's but, let's let's do an exercise. Um So, think, yeah, is there is there a way we can actually like force ourselves to see the other side? That's what I really want to get to. Let's let's do it. I think it's time for to play a game. And now the game of the other, other, side, 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 side. <laughs> so here, uh, what's, what? okay, so we're going to play this game. We're going to test our own ability to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. So I'm going to ask Matt, who is my lovely co-host. Say hi, Matt. Hello, hello, I'm here. <laughs> uh, to argue against a position I know he holds because I'm his friend, and he'll have a minute to respond, and then he'll ask me an opposing opinion that he knows that I hold, and then we have two arguments. Are you ready, Matt? Yes. Who wants to go first? Yeah, you can you can go ahead and ask me. I'm I think I'm ready. Okay. Well, I'm so good <laughs> at being a podcast host that I already introduced this idea somewhere earlier in the podcast. You didn't even know. Oh no. Matt believes that Creed is a great band. Oh man. Tell us why. <laughs> and I'm not allowed to argue. I want to tell you that uh, you know, first first there was Metallica, right? And then there was Pearl Jam, right? And those bands, they had some pretty good songs. But but as we know, things get better when they get refined. They get edited down into just the essence of greatness, which we all know Creed's album Human Clay embodied. It was all the best parts of Metallica riff rock, all the best parts of Pearl Jam vocals put into hooky songs that the masses could finally enjoy no more sifting through 12 tracks of garbage to find the hit 
every single Creed song was a hit. I mean, come on. Can you take me higher with arms wide open Sunday morning? The the list goes on. Have I been going for a minute yet? You've been going for about a minute yet. All right, all right. So there's my uh, defense of Creed. You know, and I think we'll get better at this game by (laughs) by the next question because I... The audience is like, is he serious? Is he actually serious about this? It, the, the goal is to try to be serious, but obviously we're laughing about it. But yeah. um, Okay, Nate, I'm going to do a more serious question. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, explain explain to me why it's... it's Because I know you don't believe in this. But in, explain to me why it's best to take a 9-to-5 job and, um, and, and get a 401k. Um, why that would be better for your family than what you're doing right now. Well, sometimes it's hard to have uncertainty. <laughs> Your kids need to put shoes on their feet, Matt. And in this world, we don't know what's going to happen. So get that nine to five job. Um, I, I think that's what makes the world go around, right? If I'm going to show up at a business during business hours, if there's a bunch of slacky band guys with tight jeans on, ain't nothing going to get done. Someone's got to roll out of bed at 5.30 in the morning and get on the road, right? And uh, if it was up to band guys and arts, artsy guys, nothing would ever get done. People wouldn't be show up until the coffee shop until about 11 o'clock to start <laughs> brewing that pot of coffee. I live in Nashville, and I'll tell you what. I don't depend on musicians to get nothing done. If I'm going to go out, I'm like, thank goodness the garbage man is coming around. He's got a nine to five. He's got a pension. Why do I feel like you actually believe this, though? Because <laughs> because that's the that's the game, right? I'm pissing you off right now. This no. is the game. I mean, I guess I guess I, I didn't believe you about Creed. I'm trying to do what I. All right. I'm I'm literally don't believe anything I just said, but I'm. It's I, I don't know. I'm I trying think to see it from the other side. I think I think I think it's kind of true. But go ahead. Okay, so ask me another one. Okay, so, you know, you'll get better at arguing this. I believe in you. All right. Matt. Yeah. This is a firm hell belief that you have. Firmly. Football is a gladiator sport. Oh, my gosh. People shouldn't watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, okay, yeah. I clearly don't believe this, but here we go. Um. You know, since the beginning of time, humans have pitted other humans together in in sport, and it's manifested itself in brutal, brutal ways. It's barbaric, really. For our own entertainment, we have people hitting each other at high velocity, getting concussions and ruining their lives. You know, like, a vast number of these players, doesn't matter how much you pay them, will not live uh, a full happy life because of uh, being subjected to um, all the abuse in their bodies because of this brutal game that really I mean it represents the worst of like Roman society Um, you know we're putting essentially our 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 best in 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 a ring together and having them kill each other just beat the crap can we not be more advanced than that can we not find better entertainment elsewhere than watching our best and strongest kill each other. We've progressed past that. We, I, I think, as a society, it's time to ban football. Man, and be and 
only have baseball, according to me. <laughs> I am proud of you, Matt. Wow, you said <laughs> you said some things I never thought you would say. So I have one more, and then and then we can conclude this game and talk about how we feel. But sure. go for it. All right, Nate. Um, I know Last you. One. I know your wife is due uh, any any day now uh, with a baby. So why don't you explain to the world why um, why having children is such a bad idea? It's bad for me because uh, it takes my time. I don't want to give to these kids. I become more grumpy. I get less sleep. Uh, I can't find anything in my house. Everything I have is broken, lost, destroyed. There's never any batteries in the remotes. What's with kids taking batteries out of the remotes? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, having kids is just a bad idea. It makes you broke. Spend all your money on kids. Yeah. Can't buy anything. You have less time to work and do things for the economy. Don't have kids, people. You know, you, that's so great. You know the fun, the fun thing about this exercise, and I think people can play this at home. Oh, that's um, hard to do. You can, well, you could do it with with your friends. I think um, you know people who know that you hold certain viewpoints very strongly can ask you to defend the opposite. But I think it's funny because as you're saying this, I, I I find myself agreeing almost like with aspects <laughs> of it. Yeah. Like not not like I agree, I I agree that like you get Except less creed. Well, you get less sleep. Well, I don't know. Maybe I agree that that Creed did boil down some of the catchiest parts of Metallica and Pearl Interesting. Jam. But yeah, he, I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying I understand why people like it, you know, or, or why it was such a big thing. And that's what empathy does, and that's what playing this game uh hopefully will do um and it's just I, I was just I mean, I was witnessing that right now as you were saying stuff. I was like, I actually agree with you, even though I don't agree with the ultimate conclusion that you shouldn't have kids. I agree with aspects of your points. But it's so. trying to train your brain. Put yourself literally in someone else's shoes and walk a little bit around and right. see how they feel. And it's right. hard. I mean, it's really hard. And I think I think this podcast is really uh, – maybe it's just a personal exploration between you and me personally just to try to – Push the boundaries of seeing other people's points. Yeah, absolutely. And having a better discussion. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say at the end of this? Uh, well, yeah. The other side. I mean, I think a lot of us, um, a lot of us see uh, religious folks as having kind of the most, um, uh, I guess, close-minded, close-minded, or or most certainty about who's in and who's out. And uh, I just love, I would love to leave us with a quote from Pope Francis, who is apparently the most religious man on earth because he holds the highest office. But uh, Francis says, in this quest to seek and find God in all things, there is still an area of uncertainty. There must be. If a person says he met God with total certainty and is not touched by a margin of uncertainty, then this is not good. So even the Pope says, please be okay with a level of uncertainty, uh, people. <laughs> I wait, I don't I don't explain that a little bit more. Well, I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying like we're talking about people demand certain absolute truths about life. Anybody that doesn't fit into that is outside. They are the others. Um they are the other side and we need to demonize them in some way. And here we have you know the leader, the leader of this big church. The leader of the biggest, you know, church Non-profit. organization. Saying, um, saying that you have to, you ha- everything has to be tempered, and I love the humility of that quote. Everything has to be tempered 
with a level of uncertainty. We cannot know everything. So mm. let's mm. take that forward and be open to hearing other people's viewpoints and and instead of instead of just trolling them. Do you think do you think this will make us happier as a people? Oh, absolutely. I do believe that. Have you become happier as you become less I don't know. I've become happier. Dualistic? I've become happier just talking to you just now. Oh. Well, hey, if anyone wants to talk to us about their dualistic brain, how can they communicate with us you can go to trollspodcast.com or you can uh where you can fill out on the contact uh sheet or you can email us at don't email the trolls at gmail.com we can read your stuff online so uh if you want to stay anonymous just type that into the name field well uh that's a wrap <laughs> thank it's you it's obvious that one of us is wrong thank you for uh <laughs> thank you for listening to don't feed the trolls until next time see ya You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.